Welcome back to the John Krasinski Show. Today, we're going to talk about Chris Finch, Chris Finch's coaching staff, what he's been doing, where he has been, players returning to town, Pat Beverly's press conference in Los Angeles, uh, and some more, some other off-season questions. Uh, we also wanted to let you know that we will be having a live show, Head Flyer Brewing, September 30th. That's a Friday night. I'll let John tell you more about that later. Thanks to TSR Injury Law. Thanks to Manscaped. Thanks to All Energy Solar. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. And best way to listen to the show, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's easy. You can also always find the shows and the archives of the shows, talknorth.com. So let's get into your conversation with Chris Finch. Uh, he, you know, Everything, everything I learn about the guy makes me like him more. I think we're really lucky to have him in town. So tell me what he's been up to. Yeah, so um, it was good. I caught up with Chris uh, late last week that he was in Egypt um, for a Basketball Without Borders camp. And they, you know, the NBA and NBA Africa and a bunch of kind of international organizations do these Basketball Without Borders uh, events all over the world, really, to try and grow interest in the game. And coaches and players always participate in these things, and they take these trips and go to these places and 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 really kind of dive in with young players. And so I think it was mostly like 16, 17, 18-year-olds, both uh, girls and boys uh, in Egypt. And, and Finch went. He was, he was with Steve Kerr, uh, Malcolm Brogdon. There was a bunch of players and coaches that went over there and participated in like a three day camp. Um, and if you know anything about Chris, uh, you know, obviously he got a lot of his, uh, pathway to the NBA started overseas, coaching in England, coaching in Belgium, coaching in Germany. And so he's a worldly dude. Um, and he has always really enjoyed, uh, being you know, the international game and, and, and international players and kind of working with maybe uh, prospects who weren't playing the game at AAU since they were eight years old and just kind of have a different approach to playing the game who are maybe a little newer to the game, who have some of that enthusiasm about them and, and just that curiosity and wonder about it. And so for Finch to go over to Egypt, which he had never been to Africa or to Egypt and really kind of dive in to that aspect of coaching and just kind of, you know, immersing himself in that culture and, and, and with these, these kind of starstruck players who are just looking for some guidance. I think it really, he found it really invigorating. Um, it was kind of a return to his roots in a sense. Um, it was, you know, there's a lot more purity to the game, um, at that level. And, and so he kind of came out of that, feeling even more energized for the season ahead. And he's, you know, we talked a bunch about, you know, kind of his priorities going into training camp and what he's going to be, you know, trying to instill into this team that has such high expectations. Um, but you could tell that it felt the experience of being in Egypt, you know, and, and just rolling up his sleeves and working with those kids was kind of like the last thing that just kind of, gives them a nice little kickstart going into September because training camp is here on the 26th, I think, or 27th, somewhere in there. And, um, and, and it's going to get rolling. And so it's kind of the end of summer gives them a little boost and he's going to be ready to go here. Cool stuff. By the way, uh, we've talked so much about the front office. Tell me about the makeup of Finch's coaching staff. Is everybody back and are, are any roles changing? 
Yeah, most, I mean, most everyone is back um, from, from last year. He has a very tight-knit staff. Uh, he has, you know, Mike Inori, Pablo Prigioni. I think Prigioni had some interest from some other teams uh, who kind of sniffed around with him and saw, you know, see if there, there was a different role for him. He ultimately ended up staying here and deciding to stay here with, with Chris Finch. Elston Turner's back as the defensive coordinator. He's got Kevin Hansen back as a player development and defense guy, big man coach. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Kevin Burleson is back. Joe Boylan in the player development area. Chris Hines um, is a uh, is a guy who works kind of you know, is a player development guy who Ant really enjoys working with. Like they have really everyone um, is is going to be back and and it's and I think it's good continuity for Finch uh, to have. He really trusts his guys. They lean on each other. They have a good way of 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 relating to the players and having discussions about what works and what doesn't and devising schemes and things like that. And, and most of the guys too, when you watch them interact with the players, you can tell that the players seem to respond pretty warmly to them and, 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 and they're really receptive to the coaching that they do get. And so um, I think that it was a priority for Chris Finch to, uh, to keep as as many of his guys together as he could, uh, you know, if, if you lose someone to a promotion, that that's just that that's the nature of the game. But he didn't want to make any other changes, really significant changes to his staff, and and so um, they they like what they have going, and and they're going to be ready to go. Um, they've been really kind of harping on on guys to get ready and and come to 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 Minnesota as early as possible and, and be ready so that they can hit the ground running when training camp starts. And there'll be a lot of continuity from last year to this year from coaching staff and players, which is a really good thing. Do you know what his point of emphasis is going to be in training camp? Is there one statistical area or area of the game you think he really wants to harp on? Yeah, there's, I think two things that he told me, Jim, in, in our conversation that jumped out. First of all, like more from a more global aspect of things, he said that he really wants to instill a tone within the team that last year is gone and it ain't coming back and it's only going to get harder from here. So there's going to be kind of a demanding accountability type of an approach with these guys, letting them know that as fun as last year was, maybe as unexpected as it was, as, as sort of um, happy go lucky in general, they were playing with house money for most of last year because nobody really expected anything from them, even including in the playoffs. Um, and now they're coming into it this year with Rudy Gobert, uh, with Kyle Anderson, with some changes around with Tim Connolly leading the front office. And there's real expectations that they take a step forward in a very difficult Western conference. And so there, you're going to, I think hear a lot of messaging about, uh, last year's done, and and the only and the only danger that this team has is believing that success is going to come organically and just naturally, and you're automatically going to take the next step um, just because that's what teams do. Um, there is, you know, if if they don't work hard, if they don't stay committed, um, and if they don't come in still as hungry as they were last year to kind of prove people that wrong, um, they're going to get thumped and and they're going to take a step back and that's going to be very very disappointing 
for everyone involved. So that's number one. Number two is defensively, he is the, the whole staff is going to be working hard on bringing more of a uh, multitude of looks to the table. Last year, they were at their best with that scrambling type of approach that was really kind of smoke and mirrors. You could do it in the regular season and kind of surprise people who weren't really ready to compete on a January uh, Tuesday night, and you could kind of blitz people and and do it. But um, but in the playoffs and and certainly when you're jockeying for a a home court advantage in the first round type of a seeding, you have to be able to throw a lot of different looks at different matchups. And that's something that the Wolves did struggle with last year when they tried to vary the schemes, when they tried to change things up. It didn't work as well. And so Finch is going to be really overhauling what they do defensively and trying to make it a much more mature approach where they're doing a lot of different things with Rudy Gobert, obviously, as the anchor and 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 really kind of just like saying, okay, if you're going to try to beat us one way, then we're going to figure out another way to beat you. And, um, and, and so I think there's going to be a lot of attention to defense, to learning new concepts, to mastering different ways to play on that end of the floor um, against different looks that they're going to face. I have come up, I've spent dozens of seconds ruminating <laughs> on this, and I've come up with a way for the Minnesota Timberwolves to avoid complacency. Please I, lay it on us. I think they should wear jerseys that say wolves on them and they should look down at them every once in a while. <laughs> yes. Yes. Remember who you are. Like that's it. And that, that, that is, but it's, it, you know, it's funny, but it's also interesting, Jim, because I think when you look at this team and the, and the lack of success over the last 20 years, there is a feeling that this is Minnesota. This is the Timberwolves. This is a franchise that is destined to fail. And what you needed to kind of turn things around were players that weren't here for all of that failure, executives and coaches who weren't here for all of that failure to like resist the inertia that had built up over years and years. But also like now you have to have them while it looked like they took huge steps last year to resist that inertia and to establish a new standard, you have to remind them that you are still the Timberwolves and there still are people that expect you to fall flat on your face. And that the only way to show that you are not the same sad sack franchise that you've always been is to back up one good season with an even better season and then back up that season with a better season and build on your successes. This is a team that's never been able to do that in the last 20 years. And so, yeah, I think that, you know, having that reminder that, Hey, you still are the Timberwolves and you still are a team that nobody trusts around the league, that everyone is waiting to fail and you haven't accomplished anything yet. I think that's a, that's not a bad uh, suggestion there, Jim. I, I knew I'd come up with a solution. Yeah. I had full confidence in myself to do so. Right, tell us about the Head Flyer Brewing deal. Yeah, so it's going to be super fun because, you know, I was thinking of this. Um, I, I really do believe that in my 18 years now, this is my 18th season covering the team full time. Um, I, I don't remember a, a season that's been more anticipated. 
uh, that has more excitement surrounding it. Obviously, the first Jimmy Butler year was very uh, highly thought of and, and people were really ramping up for it. But I do think that with Gobert, with Edwards, with Towns, with Russell, with with Finch, with Connolly, with all of the moves that have been made and with the success that they had last year. Remember that first Jimmy year, um, the Wolves only won 31 games the previous season. So this one, they're coming off a 46-win season. There is clearly a lot of energy and enthusiasm for what this team can do. And and so I wanted to, you know, kind of mark the occasion um, and kick off the season in style and kind of capitalize on that and get everyone together and let's have some fun. So September 30th, it's a Friday evening, Friday night at Head Flyer Brewing in Northeast Minneapolis on Hennepin Avenue. We are going to be recording a live pod there. Dane Moore actually is, is going to be coming along too, and he's going to be um, maybe perhaps even doing his own pod, but also appearing on ours um, to, to kind of really raise the curtain on this season. The, the, the training camp will be about a week old by that time. We'll have a lot of meat to chew on to talk about, um, you know, what we're seeing, uh, expectations. We'll have prizes to give away, have great beer to drink. And it will all be just a night of of hoops talk and fun. And we'll, we'll record the episodes, but we'll also hang around before and after and have some beers with fans and just like get ready and try and build and build some excitement for what this season is. I hope that, you know, everyone's welcome. I hope we have a great turnout. And uh, September 30th, Head Flyer Brewing, the John Krasinski Show, Dane Moore coming along, maybe even an, another guest or two. We'll see um, how that shapes up as we get going. We'll have a little bit more specific details as we get closer to the event, but just mark your calendars for the 30th. That's a Friday evening and, and join us at Head Flyer and we'll have a great, a great time. Cool. And thanks also to our longtime sponsors, TSR Injury Law, 612-TSR-TIME, 612-TSR-TIME. Of course, we have Steve Terry on the show occasionally. Uh, he's always a blast and has some great insights and fan thoughts. Uh, but listen, we don't want you to need them, but if you need them, you really need them and you need somebody who's good, someone who won't charge you unless they win your case, and they won't, and who will win your case, which they usually do. TSR Injury Law, 612-TSR Time. Thanks also to All Energy Solar. Uh, you know you know the deal. Uh, hey, gas prices are coming down. That's great. But it's still, it's still a big part of your budget. It still costs a lot of money. Uh, we still don't want to be dependent on Russian oil or Saudi oil uh, and utility costs keep rising every year. Uh, it doesn't have to be that way. New system from All Energy Solar will save you money short term. It'll save you money long term. It'll increase the value of your home. It will increase your uh, resell sell value. If you, if you resell, you get the money back. If you don't sell, you will get the money back eventually. It's just the way to go in this day and age. Check out All Energy Solar, allenergysolar.com. And thanks also to, yes, the moment has arrived where we get to hear John talking about Manscaped. Smooth sack summer is slowly coming to an end, fellas. If you haven't been scaping for the summer sun, it's not too late to sweep your sack of those pesky pubes. As summer comes to an end and we enter fall, keep your boys clean and fresh just in time for fresh ball fall. The leader in below-the-waist grooming is here to make sure your pubes feel smoother than a beach ball and smell fresher than your girl's pumpkin spice. Start the new season the right way and join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code ATHLETIC at Manscaped.com. 
manscaped.com. The Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 has everything you need to keep your sweet, sweet sack in check. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. Did I mention that the trimmer is waterproof too? Whether you're hopping in the shower or hitting up the lake, this razor will devour even the strongest pubes. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag that'll bring your comfort to another level at home and on the go. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code ATHLETIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code ATHLETIC at manscaped.com. Are you old enough to do those ads? Should um, we get... You should I sign like trade old now, Jim. Yeah, I, I should be like, I, I don't know. Like I will say to TMI, I do use the product. It works well. So um, I'm still trying to stay in my prime with it, but I think in general, it's for a younger crowd, but anybody of, of any age can use it and, uh, and, and, and enjoy it. So um, this is not something that I'm just taking a little bit of a kickback for. I actually use it. I just think we're going to have to have a signature from a parent or guardian before we let you do any more ads. All right. So it sounds like things are starting to percolate. Uh, Timberwolves players coming back into town. Pat Beverly doing a press conference. Uh, as Again, somebody who's covered this team forever, who loves the NBA. Uh, what are you thinking about the most recent develops, developments around the league? Yeah. So we, you're coming out of Labor Day. Um, from what I'm told, a lot of – the Timberwolves players are getting into town this week for informal workouts. Uh, they are determined to kind of get everyone on the same page. There are a lot of new faces. Obviously, Rudy Gobert is competing in Eurobasket, and so he won't be over here early. But most everyone else is expected to be coming into town really fairly soon here, um, and if not already here. And I think that has people really encouraged we've heard you know i've written about anthony edwards in the summer that he has had and the very encouraging summer i've also heard that Jaden mcdaniels has had a great summer uh he spent a lot of time in minnesota actually him and nas reed and nathan knight and 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 wendell moore um a few few guys who have you know have gone a, other places and trained in in other locales for some of the summer but have spent a lot of time here and so they're ready to go um, you'll start D'Angelo Russell is in town. I think Kat will be coming into town soon if he's not here already. Um, Ant will be here. Like So there's a lot of kind of momentum now going there. I think players understand that it's time to, to start to get to work here. And so um, uh, so that's very encouraging for the Wolves. I think that you know they haven't always been a destination kind of a, of a situation where players will get together um, and, 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 and do these workouts and stuff. A lot of times it's guys showing up right before camp begins and, and, and then getting going. Um, there was obviously the, uh, the illegal camp that they had in Miami, um, you know, uh, last, last year, I think it was, it feels like 10 years ago, but it was just last year. So, um, but yeah, people are getting in town. That's a very good sign. Um, yeah. And then, um, our favorite Pat Bev just, uh, introduced and we're recording this on Tuesday introduced uh, in Laker purple and gold with Russell Westbrook in attendance. So that was interesting today too. I, I'm just shocked that Russell Westbrook didn't have more longevity as a, a dominant player. He just saw this tall, incredibly athletic guy who do everything on the court. And I just thought he was going to be, I thought he was going to be freaking Oscar Robertson or something like that. And instead he's become this white out, this, this, 
I would say white elephant, but that's a bad phrase. He, he's become this guy who, you know, has talent and yet nobody really wants. Yeah, I mean, I, I really think it's it's been a situation where for so long he was absolutely the top or one of the top two or three athletes in the league. And he overpowered everyone with his athleticism, with his explosiveness. His body has been through a lot now. There are a lot of miles on it. He's had some injuries. He's lost just a little bit of that juice that gave him that edge. And he has been a stubborn player and has been unable to adapt to what his body can now do. And he needs to be a player that moves more without the ball, that sets screens, that can use his kind of strength and his physicality to his advantage, but also tailor his game a little bit differently, um, not shoot as many threes, just continue attacking in the basket. And he just won't do any of that. He's a guy who has had a lot of individual success and just completely believes that that he can do whatever he wants and and it's just not working. Um, he, I think, is on his last chance here um, in, in LA. And he has a long running dispute with Patrick Beverly, but him showing up today maybe shows a little bit that he's starting to understand that he's got to play nice with people. He's got to adapt. He's got to, uh, change the way that he approaches things and the way he plays the game, or he's going to be out of the league. Uh, if he, if it doesn't work with the Lakers and he gets traded somewhere else, it's going to be a strictly salary dump. He'll probably be asked to stay away from whatever team he's, he's traded to. And that's it for Russell Westbrook. So it's it's make or break now. If he wants to keep playing for another couple of years, he's got to find a way to be a good teammate. And he has not been a good teammate for the last three to four years. No kidding. Uh, this is going to be one of our shorter shows. It's a light week. I think we've already hit all the topics we want to hit. We're going to save some good stuff for September 30th when we start really hitting the preview sessions really heavy. I'm glad Dane Moore is going to be joining us. That's going to be a really fun night. Uh, it's great to be working with Head Flyer. So, hey, thanks to TSR Injury Law. We'll get a final thought from John here in a second. Thanks to Manscaped. Thanks to All Energy Solar. And looking forward to our, our gig September 30th at Head Flyer Brewing. Again, we'll give you more details as the month progresses. So, John, just wrap it up for us. Give us a final thought. Yeah, lastly, um, uh, Chris Finch did, after he was done in Egypt, he went to Germany to watch Rudy Gobert um, play in Eurobasket, went there, connected with him, did a little face-to-face. Obviously, they've had a lot of texting and FaceTime and 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 conversations um, between the time that they acquired him in VO Trade and, and, and now, but it was a nice little opportunity for him to get out there and see him face-to-face, kind of lay a little more groundwork, talk to his coaches about how Rudy likes things and, and start preparing. So that was another cool thing. But um, now he's back in town um, and, and and getting ready to ramp up too. And I just think, uh, yeah, we're almost there. We got another about two weeks of kind of more speculative content and things like that. And then the season will be here. We'll have real interviews with people. We'll have real things to break down. And uh, it's going to be going to be good. So uh, we're almost to the end of the long, dark summer and ready to get this thing rolling. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. Thanks to John for his work. Thanks to Brandon Morton, our longtime producer. And we will talk to you next week.